Welcome to episode 8 of Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. In Middenheim. That's what we're going with this week? What do you want me to say? Something good? Uh, Illustria. That's not any better. Uh, number one Blood Bowl podcast that did not travel to Slurpee Bowl. Okay, there we go, that's something. Is that different enough? Yeah, I mean, are we going to get picky now? As always. Oh. And I'm Steve, with me as always again. It's Scott. Scott Prime. Howdy, primates. Welcome to Both Down. What are my guys called? Well, they're, they're called Kilowoggies. Kilowoggies? Kilowoggies. Kilowoggies. It could be Kilowoggies. Or Kilos. Yeah, Kilos doesn't sound good. We learned some stuff from the other name we used. So. Yeah. Anyways. Let's give a little talk about what we're going to do this week. You don't want to talk about just anything else? What? Anything else in your mind, maybe? Uh, like what? Well, you just celebrated a birthday a couple of days ago. Yeah. So, sure happy did. birthday to you. Thank you. Because this is your birthday month. I get a whole month? Yes. I thought I just got one day. Well, you get a day, but since in the podcast world, we can't podcast on that day. Oh. And since you already told me that you bought yourself a birthday present for the month, I was thinking of trying to think of something to buy you. And I'm, Steve always is really good about like buying dinner for people or like you know, it's like a one a toy dollar bill or something. <laughs> Just kidding. So Steve, I didn't know what to buy you, and since you already told me you bought yourself a Fantastic Four number eleven for yeah. experience, uh, Impossible Man, there's twenty dollars to go towards that. Well, thank you very much. So I was thinking about buying pizza and stuff tonight, you know, as a way to kind of like say happy birthday, even a couple of days late to you. But uh, my wife cooked dinner and I couldn't refuse. So <laughs> it was a good dinner, but it still. Is. It's kind of late for pizza, so yeah, it this been is late, so. much appreciated. Anyways, thank you because I know you always and I usually with birthdays. If I catch you and I have money, I I participate, and if I don't, we just move on. And you caught me with money, yay! <laughs> but you're always good at helping. <laughs> thank you. Uh, other people out feel like we still matter on our birthday, even though we're 38 years old or something. So yeah, no, I really I want to talk about some other stuff real quick. Uh, maybe championship games. Championship games. I don't know. Like if you followed, I don't want to. I don't want to brag or anything. You don't want to brag. Okay. Well, as everybody knows, we have our little home league, the Dragonfire Blood Bowl League, and sitting across from me is the three-time champion. What? What? You got to rub it in by saying three-time champion. I am well, three out of six times. Okay, you're a two-time champion with this particular team. Yeah, the Campbell Claim Boys came back this year, and they happened to just wallop. Yeah, because they have all that built-in block. I'm not saying they don't. It's the one. No, I know. Congratulations. You won a hard-fought double overtime victory over the Niflheim Maulers, which is a chaos team. It was a very tough game, but uh, we definitely did come out ahead. (laughs) You got lucky. You were up to nothing. Everything's luck. I I know. But, yeah. You were really one dice roll, literally one dice roll away. From another overtime. From No, from losing, right? No, it would just would have been another overtime. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the first overtime. All Brian's beastman had to do was hand off that ball and walk right into the end zone on the last play of the game, and he rolled like a two. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah, but still, I won. Yeah, you won. No, I mean, it was a well-hard-fought victory and stuff. The same time we played that, we also did the final for the Necromancer's Invitational Tournament. Oh, yeah? How did that go? I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't? No. I was so busy. who won that? I don't know. Oh. Who did? That would be me. What? Oh. What? 
Is that how you do that? What? What? Yeah, I do the hands. Oh, you do it, yeah. Oh, okay. Congratulations on your victory as well. Yes, I, I have managed to win the tournament to uh, make sure that I felt like the fifth best team in the league. <laughs> because uh, if you've been listening to our podcast long, or if you haven't, we uh, run our playoff system. Four teams make it into the, the main playoff bracket, and then the other teams can participate in the Necromancer Invitational Tournament, which I think we showcased last episode. Yeah, and that showcase we mentioned another tournament which apparently we had never gone over so we're going to do that this episode as well no wait stop what i want to bask in my victory okay i won with my underworld team if you follow me on twitter i tweeted out pics like a couple days later of steve's championship game and mine and i would have tweeted out yes and despite scott's tweeting i am at kilowog 2814 i thought you were kilowog one for some reason. This is our eighth podcast of this, plus an episode zero, <laughs> plus other times. I'm Kilowog2814. But you are also <laughs> Kilowog1, right? After I give Scott shit for that, I then realize, oh, wait, I am Kilowog1. See? So in my subconscious when I started sending out pigs. It was an old one. I don't use it, but yes. Yeah. So, yeah, my Underworld team upset the New World Patriarchs. And... If you're from, like, second edition, if you play Blood Bowl from second edition, think of a, the best way I can describe this is think of the Underworld Creepers versus the Reeklin Reavers. With and, star players. Yes. With all with Griffin, Zug, and all those guys. The Patriarchs are a bitch They're such play. a good team. They're, they were playing in this, this tournament, even though they've only had one loss. They, they've won a championship before. Their blitzers are stacked and packed. Anyways... If you, also, if you listen to us, you know yes. we do random skills. Oh, yeah. That team is the least affected by that. You would look at that team and go, oh, this guy's picked really good skills. Yeah. Guard, guard, block, stand guard, firm. stand firm. No. <laughs> All random. No. Yeah, exactly. It, it does not look like he's picked skills. That's that's for sure. He's got a catcher with sprint and plus one movement. He's a blodger. And he's a blodger. And nine he movement. He picked really good skills. Yeah, it looks like Nope. It. Anyways, to beat the New World Patriarchs, you got to have a little luck on your side, and he has to roll bad. And that was the best game I've ever rolled, probably in Blood Bowl, and he rolled pretty bad, and I won. And the Patriarchs are the one team who actually beat the Claymores in regular season. That's right. And so, by the transitive property, you have beaten me. But you destroyed me. <laughs> Head up, yeah. You beat me like four nothing with the same team. So, yeah, you know. Anyways, anyways, we're both champions in our own right. I mean, I'll, I'll still take a uh, little pirate trophy thing that we give out at our uh, team meetings. And for I was the very, dis- I was very disappointed to not get the silver second place trophy because you've never had one. Yeah, it's kind of rubbing it into the guy that has four of them. <laughs> well, if also if you've listened, we if you win the same trophy four times, you get to name it. So Scott got to name third place trophy the Delzine Cup. Yeah, but I, I haven't, we haven't decided on a name that feels fluffy enough yet. Oh, uh, for the third place for the third, for, for the Bloody Hill for Cup? the second place. Yeah, second place. Yeah, we're, we're still working on it. Bloody Hill's not bad. It's close. But yeah, so we might have an actual. Our name friend for Brian Hill, uh, who's a good coach, has gone to our our championship game four seasons in a row, and like the Buffalo Bills, he's lost every time with different teams. So sad. And so, and every game's been close too. Yeah, that's what's sad. I mean, so, but he's a good coach. Yeah, the last time I beat him two years ago, uh, we also went into overtime, 
it was my Ashfall Scorchers, my Amazon team, mm-hmm. versus was it the same Mullers? No, it was it was versus the, the Armadillos, the Ser- Sartosa Armadillos, which was a Norse team. They were pirates, yeah. But he took Norse for the stats to kind so of mimic the. It was Amazons versus Norse, and I was actually holding my own because my team wasn't too bad, and we went into overtime. We couldn't play it that night because it was late. Came back the next night, and I just demolished him in that third quarter. Nice. It wasn't even close. Well, that's, that's how Blood Bowl is, man. It's, if you have a good half, you're doomed to have a bad half most of the that, time in the second half. Are we the only ones that experience that? If you listen to this, let us know, because it is so much a game of halves that it feels like if you play great that first half, you know you're just going to get boned the second half. No, it, it's very rare. If you do horrible the first half, you're just going to come back and score two touchdowns in the second half. Well, that's what I thought in my game versus with the Hell Pit Scorpions versus the uh, New World Patriarchs. I had such a good half and had so many things going my way. I was just yeah. like, he's down by one, but he's going to come back and win this thing two to one. Yeah. And it it didn't happen, which is very, very rare. So It always seems to happen that way, though. But I had wonderful cards. I had the cards that uh, Ludax card, because we do cards in the NIT. And then I had a card that wouldn't let him use re-rolls. And the first dice he rolled, he rolled a one. And it was like, I couldn't have anything go better for me. So, anyways, both down. The ginger badges were champs, dude. Deal with it. You know, we talk about how we're, you know, not known for strategy or tactics or stuff. But when it comes down to it, we're not too bad. At least in our own small pond. Or in Texas. Or <laughs> in Texas. Yeah, we we get a whole year to brag about that. Uh, yes, Eat that do. bug, man, guys. Just joking. All right, what are we going to talk about today? I'm sure everybody's sick and tired of hearing about us playing Blood Bowl. Oh, I doubt it, but they'll hear more of us. Actually, um, since I mentioned tweeting out the results, we had a few people say they really liked the results, seeing yeah. the results and pictures. So if you, too, would like to see maybe as we start our next league, maybe our Monday night what we deem our Monday night games in the fluff, you know, maybe we can take pictures and send more stuff out and be more, I guess, and it, fan it's friendly. Twitter. I mean, yeah. we can send out a ton of stuff. If you don't, if you don't want to look at it, just scroll on by. Yeah. So if that interests you, let us know at Twitter. How could they contact you, Steve? Well, I am at Kilowog twenty eight fourteen, and at the actual show itself. Oh, yes, <laughs> it and I'm Kilowog one, but don't use that one. The show itself is at both down. I tend to use that. And then you can reach me at Fat Finley, F-A-T-F-I-N-L-E-Y. But as to the rest of the show, we're going to talk about our house rules. Like I said, we brought up the Alcorn tournament last yes. month, and someone mentioned to us, you know, you guys never really talked about it. And we swear we did, and we looked back, and it was... We didn't. We, we mentioned talked it. about we it We went in into it a little one. bit, but we're going to go into detail about our... Introductory league or tournament, I guess. It's an introduction tournament. Yeah, we'll Into talk about our league. Um, give you all the rules and the breakdown of that. That's in house rules. Then we're going to go behind the fluff with behind a the fluff. very special dwarf kicker that's going to come into studio. He's legendary on the tournament scene. So we hear. Yeah, so he A says. legend in his own mind. It might be. In his own toe. And on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to finish up with a recurring segment that we're going to have for the next few months a team breakdown since we are going to chaos cup and 
we've heard, had people talk about how we make teams and want to know more about that. Uh, Scott, I, and our friend Alan are going as the Both Down crew or whatever. We don't really have a name yet. Team Both Down. Team Ginger Badgers. Maybe. Um, Ginger Badgers don't care. We're going to go ahead and each month leading up to the Chaos Cup, just break down our team, how we came about them, what we're taking, and just give you kind of a behind-the-scenes look at us. Yep, that's right. And then we'll end it up with shout-outs. Ooh, some shout-outs. I got always. some people I want to holler at, so that's good. Holler? Holler. You going to holler? Holler. I am yep. from Oklahoma. Yep, we're from Oklahoma. going to holler. going to holler. Get on my horse. Get a pig. Maybe. All right, well, let's get to some uh, house rules first, and uh, we'll be right back after this bumper. Both Down is brought to you by Wizards Asylum, your premier source for comics and games in Norman, Oklahoma. Check them out online at their new home, wizardsnorman.com. Hi, I'm Hoshi Komi, Bud Bowl legendary star player. You are listening to Both Down with Steve and Scott. Now it's time for House Rules. And we're back with some House Rules. We're going to cover today what we call the Alcorn Tournaments. It's a uh, tournament designed. It was actually designed to be a one-day tournament to be played at the, our local comic shop. Yeah, which has never happened and never will happen. Yeah, the idea of this was to play it in one day at the local comic shop, get the get the homely guys together, and just play this as a little tournament just to kind of build up our new teams coming into the league. And I came up with the name Alcorn Tournament, and of course I spelled it funky. It's like A-L-K-O-H-R-N. It was named after the store owner. Right. It was named after the store owner. The store owner for Wizards Asylum down in Norman, Oklahoma, is uh, Brian Alcorn. So we thought, why not call this the Alcorn Tournament and kind of give it that Egyptian, Kimry, you know, type spin on it and you know, have it played on a field with sand and or inside of a pyramid like we have it. Yeah, this is a tournament that we use. It's a league tournament. Right, in our league to bolster up teams. Right. We um, we noticed after our f- first couple seasons that, you know, in our in our league, we have a what we call a preseason game. Where there's, a, there's a little goblin team. There's a little halfling team that you could choose to play. And if you play this team, most likely you're going to win. And uh, But if injuries occur or somebody accidentally dies or if the halflings or goblins accidentally beat you, uh, then it counts. Yeah. And it's just a game to hopefully get scale up a couple of guys, get some extra money, maybe enough to buy that extra lineman or apothecary. Or if you take Dark Elves, then you can lose, and one of your blitzers gets you know, a <laughs> right. minus one to their armor. Because, right. Yeah. Steve uh, had some problems. He <sighs> lost to the halflings. Playing against Alan. No offense to Alan. He knows this. Even as he played it, he's like, it's weird. You take the worst player and the worst team, and they come out, and play great. Because he was just doing stupid stuff, and it was working, and he was dodging everywhere, and I couldn't stop him. It was just so frustrating. Yeah, it was uh, an epic game I wish I would have saw. <laughs> I would never have thought that. But. No, he wouldn't. Anyways, so so after that, instead of just having the one preseason te- game and then going into the regular right league, in the league, we decided to have this little fun little tournament so everyone can test out teams. So, you yeah, know, yeah. maybe you want to take a slant team 
And then you take him into the tournament and realize, I don't want to take a slam team. Well, the, yeah, that was the dual purpose. One was to skill up your – give you a couple more games under your belt. Yeah. And then, yeah, just like you said, you tried Halflings. Yeah. And you said, no, they'll be fun. I'll take them in the next season. The and then Barrington you played this, Bakers. Barlington Bakers. Barlington Bakers. How do I remember that and you don't? I don't have problems with L's. Oh. I don't know. I think There's you no, hated that team so much. This might be. <laughs> Had a cool logo. Yeah, it really did. It was a nice little halfling team. Um, but it gives you a chance to try out a team because we always make the Alcorn tournament, eight teams, because there's six of us in our home league. And uh, like next season, we're going to have a few more players join. So it lets you take then at least one team. And some people want to try out two teams or if mm-hmm. they bring two teams into the league. And uh, we have a filler team just in case we don't make the exact eight uh, teams. We have a Kimry team that has one lone Tomb Guardian on it, and everything else is skeletons. They actually won one year, didn't they? They actually won. Well, they have the throwers and the blitzers and oh, yeah. stuff, too. But they only have one Tomb Guardian, so they're not real stacked and packed. And, you know, me or Steve usually uh, run that team just to, to play it. But um, anyways, like I said, the purpose is mainly to get some more games under your belt, earn some extra money, and... There's no trophy or nothing. This is just bragging rights. Yeah, like, hey, I won fun. this little tournament and stuff. And like I said, it's always eight games. So, um, But as he mentioned, it is Kemri-based. You know, we named it after that. So when we were passing ideas back and forth, I was like, well, why don't we play it in a pyramid? And it'd be cool. So it's actually inside a pyramid in the fluff. And with that being the case, there are walls. So instead of being pushed into the crowd, you would now be pushed into walls. Right. And this actually came about when we probably what, after our second league year, I think this is when this tournament started. And we also, you know, we're still getting back into blood bowl. You know, we're still trying to teach our friends blood bowl and we're seeing a lot of, uh, unique kickoff tables for tournaments around the, yeah, around the world. So this is before we really started looking at a lot of tournaments and knowing people. We were like, oh, wow, people actually change stuff up. That's cool. So we actually, in the first few versions of the Alcorn Cup, there was a custom kickoff table. There still is, but the first time we did it, we did it with, uh, there was no interaction with the current kickoff table that's in the Living Rule Book 6. And we realized things like knowing that there's no chance of a riot or the clock turning back or anything like that. You know, we kind of missed that, so we kind of tweaked our uh, yeah, we felt, table. We felt that by getting rid of things like that, it was hurting the actual gameplay. Mm-hmm. Because riots and blitzes and things, they can actually change tides of games. Right. Sure, it's a random chance and all, but, you know. Exactly. Imagine setting up a, a across your opponent of Wood Elves, and you don't have to ever worry about that blitz or, or it gets Skaven, you yeah. know? It's like, oh, I don't have to worry about them ever having a chance to blitz. So we kind of changed our – it took us a couple seasons to tweak our tournament rules for this little tournament, and I, I think it's a, a great tournament now that we do, and I actually look forward to it. This kind of sets off the – you know, like in college football, you have the kickoff classic, you know, thing where it's mm-hmm. the first football game or, or spring football or however you want to look at it. You know, NFL has the Hall of Fame game. I, yeah, I'm not into preseason stuff like that. But, no, but you know, I, I think of this like or or the Great Alaskan Shootout thing that I think college college basketball does. It's an early tournament. Or oh, whatever. I know. Yeah. Okay, 
Well, at least I thought they used to do that. I could be wrong too on that. So, anyways, I look at this as starting off the new new year of Blood Bowl for our season. Right. So, let's go into some details about this. Uh, first off, it's played in an indoor stadium. Right. A pyramid. Yes. Exactly a pyramid, and you can be knocked into the walls. And how does that work? Well, you tell me. That's I don't what know. I kinda... I'm kind of looking at it. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, our last season. You know, went a whole year, even though it's only an eight-week schedule. Uh, anyways, so since it is an indoor stadium, all players pushed out of bounds are considered to hit the wall instead of going into the crowd, and an armor roll is made. Only if an injury occurs will the pushed player be down. Players blocked down and pushed into the wall are like a normal down result. A ball that bounces out of bounds gets thrown in just like they do under normal rules, except they are bounced back in by the wall. Right. So essentially, you know, if you're at the sidelines and you go to push somebody and you just get a push, nothing happens unless you break the armor. That's right. Because they don't go down. Yeah. So It's not a huge difference, but it can be a big deal. It has made... The, I mean, instead of pushing people out of bounds, you can actually walk down the sidelines and be decently confident if you have a good armor. Yeah, exactly. Um... We do our inducements normal. We also do a thing called a gift of the ancient ones. And this is where both teams get two random uh, 50, 50K cards from the deck. And that's all categories of the 50K. You know, we don't yeah. just pick dirty tricks or secret weapons or whatever crazy plays. or I can't remember what they're called. Dirty tricks. We like random. Well, you want me to finish that? No, you don't okay. have to. People was, know what I'm talking about yeah. when I talk about 50K cards. Uh, what is it? Dirty tricks, special plays, magic items. The special plays is what I was thinking of, yeah. What's the fourth one? Yeah. I should know. Miscellaneous Mayhem. Yeah, there you go. There we go. But yeah, we like randomness. We like the cards. We like weird stuff. So just like the other tournament we do, we like to use the cards. Well, and we found, we used to say, say that people could pick categories. Our first couple versions of this, yeah. and then we realized people were picking a lot of times from the same yeah. same uh, subject matter. So we decided just to say all the cards. Exactly, and it still makes fun because you try stuff you may have never tried before. So, um, if someone wins, they do at least get some benefit out of it. They do, and I've actually changed this this year. Uh, it used to be just forty k extra for winning and twenty k for the second place person. In addition to all their other winnings that they get over yeah. the course of uh, winning other games, this year I upped the stakes because I was looking at our league and stuff, and you know the, the purpose is to get them more experience or more money to buy players and get where they need to be. Then you should probably get rewarded with a little bit more money. And eighty k for some team that wins it would allow them, for example, your dark elf team. Yeah, it allow you to be close to maybe rebuying that blitzer that got hurt during that halfling game or another reroll or another reroll or alignment. I mean, yeah. cause I know you're going in there with bare bones with 11 players. So yep. I thought this was a way to really reward the teams and let them you know, get better. It definitely helps out. So you want to talk about the uh, special kickoff table? Well, our special kickoff table, like he said, in the beginning we did a D eight and each one was just a different result. And it had nothing to do with the old rules. That's right. And we don't do weather. I mean, all the weather is nice inside here. Yeah, since it is inside, weather is perfect at all times. Right. Now, we actually use a D10 now. Uh, when we go through this, the first eight are what we used to use. And then you'll see that 9 and 10 are the new ones. 
But the first one that we have is if you roll a one, this is the most annoying part of this whole <laughs> freaking tournament. I think this is one of the most funnest parts. Funnest? The most funnest, even. <laughs> I think this is one of the most fun parts of the game. It is fun, but man, it's annoying. It's a rogue mummy. He's rogue, baby! If you roll a one, and I'll just go ahead and read the description. An independent mummy crawls his way up from his tomb and comes on the middle of the field on the scoreboard side. The closest space to the kicking team. Use the throw-in template for his first move. Mummy will move before each player's turn, D8 slash D8. So that means you roll a D8. For his direction. For his direction. Using the scatter template. And then use another D8 to determine how many spaces in that direction he goes. Right. Now, while this mummy moves, the mummy will hit each player it makes tackle zone contact with and will keep moving and hitting until movement is resolved. Mummy does not have to break away from others. Mummy's stats are below. Mummy's stats are Strength 4, Agility 1, Armor Value 9, with Mighty Blow and No Hands. He's a wrecking machine! Oh, Lord Almighty, this bastard just gets up and goes through your whole team. Sometimes. Right. Or you play Alan, and the mummy spends the whole game trying to escape. (laughs) Sitting in the corner. We had a whole game where every single time we rolled, because what will happen is it goes off immediately, and then at the end of my turn, we roll him. At the end of the opponent's turn, we roll him up until the drive ends. So you have to keep track of this guy, because really, he can tear through your team. But there was a time I played Alan. Well, I think it was Alan and Spence that were playing, and I was watching. Every single time you'd roll, and he was trying to get out. It was like the scaredest mummy in the world. He saw what was going on. He was like, let me out, let me out, yes. let me out. Sometimes the mummy is like really active and thinks he's a member of somebody's team. Yeah. And other times he wants just to crawl back out of the stadium. I mean, that just happens. Now, this is actually something we did change from previous editions. We modified this from... We've run the Alcorn tournament, I think, now four times. And this will be... I think so. I think this yeah. is the fourth time. Or maybe... Eh, Either way. Somewhere around there. And... Um, Initially, you got to control, control the mummy. Right. And you could do a blitz with the mummy. But what happened was is that people <laughs> would just go, okay, well, I'm going to walk him over to this corner. Yeah. And then he would become basically inactive. Because then the other player would move him up five spaces. The other player would move him back. Yeah. Which I'm totally guilty of because I didn't want him anywhere near my team. And uh, so I, I had enough of that. And I remembered how referees were handled back in second edition where they would wander around. And if they actually walked on top of you, basically they called you out. Yeah. Um, so that's why I changed the mummy this way. And it's so much more interesting this way. It's it's a pain in the ass if it happens to you. Oh, yeah. If he goes in a straight line right up and you have a lot of guys on the line, you are so mad. And this guy's making blocks left and right. And, oh. But he only has four strings. So. Yeah, only. And Mighty <laughs> Blow. Yeah. I think he took down like three of my slan one time. I believe it. He's he's not real nice to the people with less armor. And, of course, we did try to keep these all Egyptian sort of themed. What's, right. What's the, if we roll a number two, what do we get? So if you roll a number two in our uh, D10 chart here, you, it's called Pay the Ferryman. Yeah, we uh, might be mixing up Egyptian and Roman and Greek myths, but just, just let it go. I blame Steve because he came up with a lot of this kickoff I table. did. Just let it go. It's cool. 
Yeah, just uh, act like it happened. So pay the ferryman. Uh, for this drive only, any player on the pitch that is badly hurt or missed next game due to a casualty may be healed for 10,000 gold pieces. Uh, for any player on the pitch that is killed, they may, they may be healed back to life for 20,000 gold pieces. If healed by either way, 10,000 or 20,000, that player stays on the pitch as a stunned player. Now, you might say, why would I pay 10,000 or 20,000 to heal a lineman from Miss Next Game? You might not. But if this is the final of the Alcorn Tournament and 80, 80K plus your other normal winnings happens to your war dancer or your blitzer, you might pay that extra money and take a chance. Yeah, or if, you're, star, if your minotaur the- dies and you want to pay 20000 right. instead of having to buy a whole new one, yeah, it's a big one. Right. That That's where it really kicks in is if you have the extra money and you don't really want to rebuy that ogre or that minotaur or that blitzer. And I don't think it's come into effect too many times, I think. But what it does do is when this happens... You can go balls to the wall. You don't worry about your people as much. If you need to make, you know, three go forwards with your sprint guy. That's true. When this is rolled, uh, usually people play a lot looser. Yeah. Especially if they have the money, they play a lot oh, looser. Yeah. You can hear, like, I've you, got 40000 in the bank. If a guy dies, I'm good. You can hear the groans of certain people when they go, oh, well, I don't have any money. This <laughs> does me nothing. So, But, yeah, it's a nice little interesting way. So I'll let, I'll let you do number three. Three is Mark of Set. Each player gets a random 50k dirty trick card to keep for the rest of the game. Use only dirty trick cards that haven't been taken yet. Therefore, if randomly I got two dirty trick cards from the initial gift of the Ancient Ones, then there's just not as many in that pile of dirty tricks. Right. So, it's pretty self-explanatory. It gets more of the cards in there. Um, And again, sets evil, so we kind of wanted to go with the evil sort of thing. I know there's some leagues out there that do cards all the time. And I think this is uh, maybe how my friends play it. I think we use the cards quite often, too, in our kind of leagues once we kind of discovered it. I just, I think they're kind of cool. I like them. I mean. Yeah, they're fun. Especially if you buy the card set from Impact that were originally done by Oswald. I'm very jealous of you for having those. Because those those are are so awesome. Yep. All right, number four is the Scarab Ball. Uh, the ball is replaced by a scarab. It will move D8, D6 when it lands in an empty square. Only lasts for this drive. So, anytime... Essentially, the D8's the scatter template. Right. And the D6 is how many spaces it moves. So, it, you miss a throw or a handoff. Or a kickoff. The ball can scatter way far away from you. There's yes. no... Eh, if I hand off to this guy and I roll a one with my elves, then it'll still be close and in all these tackle zones. Nope. The greatest thing ever is when you play an opponent and he's like, ha ha, I'm going to play phantom ball. And now there's two balls. Two scarabs? Yeah. And then you go, oh yeah? And you play spiky ball. And now all the balls are spiked. <laughs> and they move six. Yes. Nice. I think that's possible. Did we do that? I think you I'm did. I'm pretty sure we did that somehow one time. Yeah, you guys did. I think it was you and Alan. It was crazy. Just Balls going everywhere, spiky, and can't pick them up. Then once you do score, you don't know if it's a full <laughs> touchdown or not. All right, number five. Raw, raw, I'm in raw. And this one is each player rolls a D6 and adds fame, coaches, cheerleaders, and the highest result gets an extra reroll this half. So it sticks with the same theme that the the main right. 
um, kickoff table has. We wanted to have something that utilized coaches and cheerleaders since you're paying for it. So we just combined it. And the the, fame, yeah. Well, the mummy doing cheerleading. And the, that's what I think of every time I roll this. Oh, yeah. I think of that that same rogue mummy mm-hmm. coming out with some like cheerleader clothes, and because he doesn't know where he's at. Because I figure he's like an old man that doesn't really know what's going on. Wow! In my head of fluff, he's just like an old guy because he's a mummy, of yeah. course. And so now he's like, "I'm a pretty girl," and he gets up there and he goes, <laughs> "Exactly." God. I like it. I approve. <laughs> You've never thought of it this way. I get this picture in my head of this mummy in a pink little skirt and a no. top halfway around his neck, but not around his arms. I see skeleton cheerleaders okay. in my head because I think I've seen them either on the Blood Bowl game or offline somewhere. Okay, just skeletons with cheerleaders and pom poms. Okay, I can see that too. But this guy's leading the charge. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, number six, we have the Tomb Robbers. Uh, whoever scores a touchdown this drive gets an extra two thousand. I'm sorry, not two thousand, <laughs> twenty thousand gold pieces for winnings. So this is a big incentive to. Oh crap! Uh, yeah, I'm gonna score. I'm gonna throw this long bomb now. Yeah, you'll see people try to score a lot faster and make sure they actually do score rather than yeah, because they want the extra money. By. Especially if it's late in the game and uh, they've already done the math of you know mm-hmm. if I roll really bad on my winnings and I already have this much in the bank. You know, this is going to help out. So, Seven, I think, is my personal favorite, and I take all the credit for this one. I love this one, <laughs> but I'll, I'll talk to you about the problem we have with this. So if you do oh, yeah, use these a- rules at home, uh, I'll remind you about this. But it's still awesome. The Pits of Despair. For all squares within two of the goal line, roll a D6. On a one, a trap opens and you fall down. A minus two to the armor roll since it is sand. The opponent rolls for the pit trap, so no re-rolling it. If for any reason whatsoever a player is pushed or lands in one of these squares, a pit trap roll is made. A pushed and knocked down players will have the armor roll made first, followed by the pit trap. Gotcha. So I love this one. I love this one, too. The bad thing is, is sometimes this goes off, and there's a big scrum in the middle of the pitch, and... It gets so heated, people forget about it. And yeah. then somebody will score through some means like going for it twice or they have a guy with sprint and they go yeah. for it three times. And they get in the end zone. And we've already cleared everybody off the pitch. And they're like, ah, oh, dang it. You, you oh, scored on me. To do pit and trap. then somebody goes, oh, we forgot to do pit trap. But, of course, at that stage, you both forgot. It's, it's an honest mistake. You let it be. Yeah. But if you do play with the Alcorn Cup rules – for your home league, or you want to try this out just on one-off games, and this is rolled, do something on the field to yeah. put a reminder out I was going to say, I was thinking, like, you know how we have the pass template? Exactly. Get something lay it across, like that and lay it on the last two. Lay it on the last two, just to remind you, because this has come up three or four times. It, most of the time what happens is somebody goes, well, let me just roll real quick. And then yeah. they'll, they'll roll a four to five and let it be. It, it doesn't matter, because if they roll a one, you're not going to go back. But... It's still funny how often this happens, especially in a scenario, like I said, where somebody's sprinting or, I mean, go, going for it even longer because then they're oh, yeah. still rolling not to get a one, and then there's a, that additional one on the pit traps. It's so great when people are having to roll for pit trap, roll for go for it, roll for pit trap, 
Oh, go for it. And then they fall. And if you want to go back there and get the ball, you have to do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a really, really fun thing. It Once is the pit trap happens, it doesn't go away. It's still those two squares. So mm-hmm. the same trap can keep going off. It, it's a, this is one of my favorites. I agree with you on that. Uh, number eight. This is my probably most favorite. <laughs> While the pit trap might be second favorite, this is the most favorite. And uh, golly, I get to read this one. You yep. get to talk about this. Pyramid Collapse. This is one of uh, Steve's great inventions. I love this. Each player rolls a D6 for each character on the field. Sounds familiar, right? Like oh, yeah. a riot or something. Not adding anything to it, though. Right. It's, it's just a, you don't add fan factor or anything like that. Uh, like I said, each player rolls a D6 for each character on the field. For each six rolled, that player's stunned. So after you roll, everybody gets your stun, guys. Mm-hmm. Also, for any player stunned this way, roll a D6. So you're at a, you roll another D6 after you get all your stun, guys. If it's another six, that character's KO'd. Great. Now they're off the pitch. For any player KO'd, roll another D6. If that is a six again, then that player is a casualty. Any injuries uh, occurred this way are automatically badly hurt. Yeah, we won't kill you this way, but... But this has happened. (laughs) This was awesome. I know that's a lot of sixes you're saying. How can you roll that many sixes in a row to get somebody into the casualty box? It's happened multiple times. (laughs) It's also happened to where, like, the whole left side of the field just goes away. Right. We were playing some game, and, like, the whole right side, nothing. The left side, everyone from, like, you know, three squares in from the middle was just gone. They were knocked out, down, casualtied. Yeah, visually you can always see like the pyramid start to shake and then like everybody's looking up like, oh shoot, <laughs> I'm about to get smashed. And then they look across and go, oh look, it's all happening over there. I'm glad I'm not there. We're safe. And then just one random guy. Yeah, it's oh. usually one random guy gets a one rock and then like <laughs> six others get knocked down or something. But it's ironic how that happens. But yeah. It is a, I love this. I love when it happens. Um, I've been on the receiving end of having guys go straight to the casualty box. Like, I can't believe this, but it's so much fun. So, And as you can tell, we like random. So, well, <laughs> a lot of random. If they listen to us this long, <laughs> they know we like random skills. We like random cards. We, yeah. yeah. We like to uh, try to overcome the, the uh, poop that the random dice gods give us. Well, I also think it it builds into our sense of fluff because in real life you can't control stuff. You know, when everything's random, you have to make of it what you get. That's true. And when that's the case, you build fluff around it. That's true. So that's that was our original eight that we used to use. Mm-hmm. But like Scott said, you know, it did take away from the regular kickoff results. So now we use a D10. And if you roll a 9, you get a kickoff plus. You roll on the standard kickoff table in the regular rulebook, and then you roll a D8 on the first 8 of this table. Right, so you'll have two things happen. You could have a pyramid collapse and a blitz at the same time. Or a riot. (laughs) Right. Or whatever. But yeah, so this just allows us to put the old rules in and make you take one of the new ones as well. And then what's 10? And 10 is, uh, we just keep going with that theme even further. And that is uh, kickoff plus plus. So uh, you're rolling the standard kickoff table in the living rule book. 
and then you roll two things that happen on the D8 chart or or the Alcorn Cup yeah, kickoff so table. You really don't want a 10. So you could roll a uh, you know, a high kick and you could get pay the ferryman and the rogue mummy. Yeah. Or whatever. And uh, there's a rule here that says uh, if the same result is rolled twice, disregard the second result. So if you rolled, you know, like I said, high kick, and then you rolled uh, Rogue Mummy, then you rolled Rogue Mummy again, you don't have two Rogue Mummies. No, just you just one. get the one. So, so that's how we do our Alcorn Cup and our, uh, our fancy little special kickoff table while still incorporating the regular kickoff table. You know, now there's a less chance of like, oh, I need the Blitz or I need that extra play. Yeah. But there is a chance, and it's happened. Now, it's, nobody's won because of that extra play, but they've got that result that they need. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and boy, is it so mad when you set up to receive the ball, and somebody still gets a blitz. Oh, damn it! Makes me so mad. So, is there but, anything else about this? I don't really think so. What I find fluff-wise with our league is you think, okay, so people are trying out new teams. Some people take their teams further into the Dragonfire League. You know, does it really matter? Are these three games that much of a difference? It's funny because we've had um, we had uh, at least two teams. I know the Washington Deadskins was a Kimry team that won this Alcorn tournament, and they went on to go to the finals and win our Blood Bowl League. Yeah, um, we've had another team. Didn't the Asheville Scorchers? They may have. They may have won this. I think they might have. I forget. I, I, I don't keep track of stuff. I, I didn't grab those stats with me, but I find it ironic that there has been so, uh, the Hell Pit Scorpions have won this. Yeah, um, they're, well, it, they're my team that's actually won some trophies, and you know, in in their regular league, it definitely helps. I mean, that's that's a big difference to go from you know zero games starting a league to essentially four. Right. If you're playing in our league, you you most definitely want to play against the halflings or goblins. Yeah. And then you get to play this tournament. And if you make it to the finals, because you get guaranteed two games. Even teams that lose the first round of this tournament, they get a a second game in the loser bracket. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, potentially three or four games going into a league, you know, changes changes your team up a lot. You get a lot of skills. You get a lot of money. And it just helps a lot. And it's fun. Yeah, It's fluffy. And it allows us not to worry so much. You know, if someone doesn't want to take a new team in and they want to take a break for a month or so from the league, they don't have to participate in this and they get a nice little break. Well, with, like I said, our current season that we're getting ready to start, we have two guys that are coming in. Uh, They played, one guy has always expressed interest in playing, one guy has played in our league before. He doesn't know if he has time to play the full scale league, but he definitely wants to play this tournament with us and then he'll decide if, you know, he can make enough time for a league league play with his team or whatever. But regardless, it gives him a chance to play some Blood Bowl that he hasn't over the last yeah. couple of years just because he hasn't had the time. Now he can only – he only has to commit to three games maximum, you know. Yeah. So it's a good it's a good tool. I, I will link this up on our website just like I did with the NIT. So if you want to take this, tweak it, or even use the same fluff around it, that would be great. I Hey, yeah. just let us know if you use it, and we'll be happy to give you a shout out. Yeah, maybe there's a tweak out there that, you know, maybe pay pay the ferryman's not the right choice for that. Maybe there's something more uh, fluffy or in the in the histories of uh, the Kimry or something that you feel. Yeah. And let us know. We want to hear hear your stories about your Alcorn Cup. 
I think we're uh, done with this segment. Is that yep. right? We're going to finish this off, and then we're going to come back with a special star interview. Yeah, with a little behind-the-fluff action. Behind. We'll be, what? I was going to make fun of you for saying behind. Behind, yeah, I know. Behind the fluff. You got to make fun of me saying, let me try that again. Ready? One, two, three. Behind the fluff. How about that, buddy? Much better. All right. I'm still learning to speak. That's I'm, good. I'm only 38. <laughs> I'm going to master this language called English, maybe by 40. I doubt it, but I we'll doubt, see. I doubt that, too. Okay, we'll see. All right. Hey, both downers. This is Golden Toe Joe, team captain and star blocker of the 40 Miners. You're listening to Steve and Scott. Coming up next is Behind the Fluff with me. Hey, Joe, what do you know? Not much, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. We're glad that we could uh, get you out of your busy tournament schedule to come on, you know, to both down with us and uh, do this interview for us. He's an actual celebrity this time and not just one of our own coaches we know. That's right. This guy is uh, world-renowned. I mean, you got your own website and everything, so... Uh... Now, what are you on Twitter? Uh, da 40 Miners. da four zero Miners. So, uh, how long have you guys been playing in tournaments, Joe? Started in 04 at uh, the Underworld Cup was our first tournament. Um, we did pretty well at that tournament. Uh, finished in fourth place. And uh, from there, it's just been a long road, road of uh, tournament play. And why have you decided to play exclusively in tournaments and forego the league play? Uh you know, we decided why be the best of 11 or 12 teams when you can hit the road and uh, prove that you're the best in the world. And then uh, shortly after playing in tournaments, our third tournament we won, and the fame and recognition that we gained from that uh, kind of sealed the deal from there. And we focused on tournaments from there after. It's probably easier to get a tang, you know, if you travel around the old world too, right? And city to city, you can get some different stuff everywhere you go. Yeah, get a little strange. <laughs> I imagine uh, there'd be a lot of really strange if you get near some Nurgles or Beastmen. Uh, I'm sure dwarves don't do that. What do you guys stick to, halflings and humans or what? That was exclusively dwarf ladies. (laughs) Shaven or do they have the beard? Uh, You know, some guys on the team like the beard, some don't. Don't they run around naked all the time? (laughs) The dwarf ladies? Yeah, I thought they were hairy, naked women. I think they have clothes on in the old world. No. I've never heard of this uh, Maybe it's naked the woman I buy. thing. It's the magazines you buy? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe, your, your team, you know, Steve mentioned you guys have a Twitter account, and you. Uh, I mentioned that you had a website. You've been promoting yourself a lot lately, and um, you're such a great team. You know, Why do you have so much focus on this uh, self-promotion lately? Um, I don't think we consider it self-promotion as much as a, a good source of connecting with our fans and making sure they know what's going on and letting them know uh, some news of the team and where to find us next and where they should be going to see us in the next tournament. What type of things do you have on your website and Twitter? Um, on Twitter, uh, we're on there daily um, doing the normal Twitter things, posting dwarf stuff. So do you actually answer your fans if they tweet you? Absolutely. And you make racist comment towards certain Asiatic star players? Uh, the, right now, yes, we have a bit of a rivalry with a uh, Hoshi Komi that we're working things mm-hmm. out. I think uh, it's going to come to an end here in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah? Well, wh- why do you say that, Joe? Uh, Hoshi Komi is going to be at the Put a Ring on It tournament, and that will be the next tournament that we're going to be at, and we're going to settle things on the pitch. 
Do you know what team uh, Hoshi's playing for? Or who's uh, you know hired him? Uh, some Nippon team. I don't know what they're calling themselves. It doesn't matter. The, a bunch of fake ninjas that are all going to die. The Naboners or something like that? Sure, it sounds about right. <laughs> really? <laughs> I hope to God not. Or hope enough will not. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, so the next appearance of your team is going to be at Put a Ring on It 2. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. Well, we look uh, forward to Wait, Do you tweet results out to your fans? Yes, we, uh, we're working on improving things and the last tournament we have where we're going to be tweeting updates uh throughout the tournament and then after the tournament's over we do like a short summary recap of the tournament that we're posting on our website and tweeting links to from there well, very uh, cool we've, we've just tweeted out not too long ago our finals for our local little home league and we got a great response actually from a lot of our followers you know we just took a few pictures so i highly uh suggest you hire some photographer or something and get that done yeah, we definitely will. Um, the Put a Ring on It tournament is going to be big for us. We're expecting uh, some really big things. We've hired Grim Ironjaw for that. So we're spending wow. the money, and we're uh, hoping to have a trophy come home with us. Man, pulling out all stops. Grim Ironjaw. So uh, didn't even think about hiring Morkenthor? Um, You know, we kind of put some feelers out there, and we're asking if he would uh, play for us for half price. and. He wasn't willing to do that, so uh, we had to pass. Yeah, Mork thinks he's uh, worth every Got to pay a lot of crown. money for a lot of scrote. <laughs> <laughs> Since you don't really like Hoshikomi, uh, was it, are there any other rivalries you might have? Like um, Black Label Society? Yeah. yeah. What about them uh, being a better team? Yeah. The only thing they're better at is talking a bunch of crap. What do you mean, uh, yeah, a bunch of crap? I've, I've, now, they beat you guys, right? They did beat us once. They got lucky, and they've continued to talk about it for, what, two years now, it seems. And, of course, you've beaten them multiple times since then? Uh, we have never played since then. They refuse oh. all of our challenges. Oh. Um, the 40-miners are very proud of the five championship banners that we have hanging at the big house. And uh, the only thing Black Label Society has to be proud of is this one lucky game they had. So, So how bad did they beat you guys? Do you remember? Uh, yes, we remember it very well. It was a zero to one defeat. Oh, so they shut you guys out. They did. It was a very hard fought match, and late in the game, things went their way. Do you give credit for their defense or just their, I don't know, their skill to shut you guys down? Uh, I've heard it's hard cheat. to point out weaknesses. Like I've just that. heard a lot from their coach. Um, <laughs> he just said that he's done you know really well. He, he had a game plan for you guys, and he said he came, he saw, he conquered, and he doesn't have to worry about facing you guys again. He's proved that he's the better dwarf team. Uh, it's easy to say you're the better dwarf team when you run and hide afterwards, but I will give their defense credit. They were able to stop what uh, we thought we had an offensive juggernaut that couldn't be stopped. And they were able to stop it and get the ball away from us in the second half. Well, it'll be nice to see a rematch at some point. Is the Black Label Society the reason why you guys didn't play for such a long time? I noticed you guys weren't at Chaos Cup last year. No, it wasn't uh, because of the Black Label Society. There were a couple tournaments after that that we had some bad performances and bad experiences with. And uh, the management of the team decided to pull the team off the tournament circuit for a while. So you had performance issues and the management of the team decided to pull the team to kind of help them out. Yeah. Are you trying to imply something here? (laughs) No, hey, I'm just saying what you said. (laughs) All right. I I think he was kind of implying that you couldn't get it up for Mandra Beard's hose. I don't know. Uh, Who can? I mean, have you seen those ladies? Uh, the ladies? 
Now, you've never yeah. beat an Amazon team. Is that correct? I have beaten Amazon team. That is not correct. Everybody oh. beats Amazons. Come on. Okay, okay. I thought you guys never have beaten an Amazon team. Well, it was fairly recent, so you may not have been to our website. Um, oh. It happened at Headbangers Ball. We played an Amazon team and were able to defeat them. That was the first time we'd played an Amazon team not named Manderbeer's Hose. <laughs> We have uh, played Manderbeer Toes three times and have lost all of them. Damn. Now, wait a second. Headbangers Ball, wasn't that ran by a buddy of the owner of the 40 Miners? So I've heard that's kind of a, kind of a tainted uh, tournament win. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, Where have you heard this from? <laughs> I just heard there was maybe, possibly, this is just old world talk, that whoever you know put up the money, put up the gold crowns for the Headbangers Ball also was friends with the owner of the 40 miners and uh, maybe kind of gave them maybe a softer way to coast to the tournament to help them back in their prominence, you know, that they used to have. I can't speak of that being a, a, the captain of the team. All I can tell you is that we played our ass off on the field and earned every victory that we had at that tournament. <laughs> okay. But you did win it though, right? We absolutely did win it. Okay. We went four and oh and took the championship. See, that's something. That's good. You can't cheat for, to four wins. I guess not. But you could be handed you softballs, you know, oh, yeah. weaker opponents. But hey, Are you I sure mean, you guys aren't the ones spreading these rumors? <laughs> it seems like you know a lot about them. Hey, we just re- we report and talk about fluff. We do not you know, make these things up. Scott likes hoes, so <laughs> he, he knows how to get the information. Sluts are cool. He and pumps it, them for information. Pumps them for information? Mm-hmm. Sluts are good marriage material. That's all I can say. <laughs> wow. Hey, I, I've tweeted it before, so why can't I not say it here? Are there um, any other teams that you have a grudge against? They got a book uh, of grudges. I mean, Yeah, right? we have heard about that mythical book of grudges. Yeah, we do uh, have a book of grudges. There's a few pages of it shared on the website, da40miners.com, da40miners.com. As far as other teams that we have a grudge against, um, those would be the big ones, the Manor Beer Toes and Black Label Society. Um, if the Nippon Samurai are lucky enough to beat us or continue to talk crap after put a ring on a tournament, they may be on that list too. Well, H- Hashikomi shouldn't be a problem. I mean, I, I played back in second edition, and that guy only had two strengths, so he was weak. He, well, can, uh, he can go down I mean, easy. I don't know if you heard his interview on Zlurpcast or not, but the guy tried to kill himself and failed. So <laughs> well, I'm not really too concerned. This about goes it. back to a skill he had that was called Itchy Feet back in second edition. <laughs> Seriously? Yes, there was a skill called Itchy Feet. And before the game, you had to roll a dice to see if he felt like playing. And he, I think it was just a one or maybe a six. Then they decided, like, I don't feel like playing today. So that probably explains why he couldn't kill himself. Okay, that and the sea salt definitely means we're going to have a new segment called Stupid Shit from Old Rules. <laughs> wow. Uh, speaking of rules, how long have you guys been playing, you know, in the old world? Since 5th uh, edition? Or have you guys been around before so? Um, since, uh, I don't know, a long time. He just plays uh, the game. He doesn't keep up with the rules. You don't keep up with the rules or how the referee calls the games or anything like that? No, if I don't like the way he's calling the game, I usually just kick him in the nuts and move <laughs> on. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll change the subject. Uh, why don't you tell us about the big house? The big house. Uh, it's the greatest stadium in the old world. It's, uh, as far as we're concerned, the premium or premier Blood Bowl uh, venue for tournament play. Uh, it's changed a lot over the years. We've added things, taken things away, and... 
But the uh, current form is uh, the biggest home field advantage anyone could ever ask for. How many people does that seat? 110,000 is what we're currently How do you know that being the team captain? It's like 220,000 halflings. Yeah, I don't think we'd ever have that many halflings in the big house, though. Nah. We have a pretty loyal following of dwarves that take up most of those seats. So where did the name Big House come from? Is it just because every house is kind of bigger to you guys? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, it was uh, the biggest stadium that was in the Big Ten, which was the league that we played in before we uh, went to the tournament circuit. Ah, I gotcha. Is there any other tournaments besides uh, Put a Ring on it this year that you guys will be uh, playing in? Yeah, after that, um, we have some of the big tournaments, uh, Gen Con Bowl and Chaos Cup. Uh, We're going to be making a return to Chaos Cup this year. Think you'll face any of the Chaos Pack teams at any of those? Uh, We're hoping to run into one at uh, Put a Ring on it. That's the last team that you haven't played against? I heard you guys are scared of Chaos Pack teams. Is that true, or is this just because there's a lack of them? It must be the lack of. Uh, we can't pick the schedule when we go to tournaments. We just have to uh, play the team that shows up that round. So everybody show up with some uh, Chaos Pack teams that put a ring on it. Let's see if these guys can win. Yeah, we've heard there's going to be a few there, so uh, we're hoping to get that checked off our list of teams to play. Chaos Pack teams are easy to beat. Are they? I, 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 you know, I, I'm the owner of the Blackwater Bulls, and I took one to Chaos Cup, and supposedly I, get get this golden toe joe i played this guy that's supposedly like a veteran of blood bowl and like really good at blood bowl and everything he does he even has like a little radio show and stuff on blood bowl and i destroyed like i destroyed this guy and i felt horrible it's like this is my rookie tournament and somehow now we some people could say the dice flew you know went my way but other people could say that maybe i was just dominant i don't know uh, from everything you're saying there, it sounds like you were definitely the dominant coach. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I'm sure that's what he came on here to talk about is your victory a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is a major you, inside joke. Is there anything else that you would like to say to compliment Scott? <laughs> uh, no, no. I didn't think so. I was just breaking the fourth wall just for a second. Yeah. <laughs> just to talk about matchups from last year and if yeah. anybody got that. Okay, fine. I assume they did. Well, if not, who cares? <laughs> All right. Yeah, but uh, those upcoming turns that we go to, uh, we hope everyone brings Chaos Pact. Uh, once we play them, we'll have played all the races, and then we'll be looking for a Nurgle team to beat, so that way we can say we've beaten all the races. Mm, really? Nurgle? Yeah, we've only played them once, and it was a tie, so we need yeah, to play them again and win. It seems like that would be a, a tough match for you. Yeah, Nurgle stymied me at a tournament, too, so I understand. Yeah, the one time that we have played them was a pretty memorable match. Um, we were well in control of the game, and uh, the game towards the end of the game, we had to kick off with uh, just a few minutes left on the clock, and the Nurgle coach uh, took the ball and ran towards his own end zone to hide. Oh. And as we chased him down, he scooted into the corner of the end zone, so our only choice was to push him out and didn't get a good ball scatter. So. Jeez. I got another question for you, Joe. Um I don't know how much of the offense you are really a part of. I mean, I know all your all your players' stats and stuff is, is on the website. But um, I've encountered this as a coach playing in a tournament where I've played dwarf teams, and I've scored maybe with two plays left for the dwarf coach. He, and he just gives up. He doesn't even try to score. He acts like it's impossible to score with a dwarf team with two plays left. What is the miners' take on this? I mean, do you guys just give up and just settle? 
let's say I just tied you. Do you settle for that tie? Or do you go all out and try to win? I mean, two plays, you can still get a blitzer or a runner. You know, I know you need a, maybe a pass here or there, but I mean, these guys, everybody I played, give up. I just think you're playing inferior dwarf coaches then. We never give up on that. Uh, we've pulled it off a few times, and we will never settle for a tie. We've never settled for a tie or stalled for a tie. We're always there to win. Sounds like a logo. Do you guys have a logo or motto, I guess? A slogan or a motto? Yeah. Um, None that, I don't know, we have sayings that we plaster all over the big house in our locker room, but no official motto or slogan. Like go big or... (laughs) I don't think dwarves would say go big. Go big! Go small. (laughs) Well, maybe. Uh, Bobby Big Nuts, one of the other blockers on the team, I think he uh, goes with go big. Bobby Big Nuts? Yeah, he's one of the other uh, veteran blockers on the team. Wow, Big Nuts. Don't mess with that guy. It's right there in his name. Seems like that'd be a bad asset to have as a blocker. Or as a dwarf that dragged the ground. Yeah. Uh, well, he's mo- known more for his activities off the field than on the field. Uh, he's uh, very ew. popular with the ladies. Ew, mm. big nuts. You probably watch him late night on Cabal Vision. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Huh? Is he Skinkamax. on there late at night? Skinkamax? Yes. On Skinkamax, yeah. <laughs> might be uh, something you watch with your hairy short women. I don't know. Those are beastmen. <laughs> <laughs> Beast women, whatever. It's all hairy down there. <laughs> They're all women from behind. I assume Golden Toe is a nickname. Is your first name Golden? <laughs> no, that is a nickname. You're okay. right. I assume you got that from being a kicker, or is there some type of sexual fetish going on that we don't know about? No, it's from uh, being a kicker and having uh, the kicking boot that was awarded to me for being the best kicker in the league, and it happens to have a Golden Toe. Oh. Nice. So would you say that... Uh, the other members of your team are maybe smarter than the average dwarf because I've noticed that, and don't take offense to this, Joe, but your your heads are maybe a little bit more bulbous than most dwarves. Is it because you have bigger brains? Uh, it's hard not to take offense to that. <laughs> I think it's uh, think just that we have thicker you? skulls. Thicker skulls. Okay. Oh, thick skulls. Oh, I, I got it. that. Okay. Have you ever seen these guys? They're kind yeah. of like mongoloid looking little dudes. What's that? <laughs> And I'm still not supposed to take offense to this? No. Hey, when you're already abominations, it's okay, man. Just hey, You do it on the field. I'm a huh. dwarf lover myself. Physically. Well, I would if I could find one. <laughs> are you uh, Are you going to be uh, coaching or sending any teams to Chaos Cup this year? I will be the proud owner of a team that we will reveal in a later segment on this same show, Joe. So if you will... Hmm. Uh, uh, just li- stick continue and listen. You'll, you'll find out what. Yeah, I think I will because I will be uh, writing that name down and making sure we find them and show them. Uh, hey. our heads aren't an enormous size. <laughs> All team- you need to do is when you're at Chaos Cup, anybody wearing a three die block T-shirt, that's who you need to beat. We have a challenge going on with three die block. No, and- no, no. Sh- this this is three die block. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're three die block, Joe. Why don't you know, bring on your whole you know, team? A and... couple years ago at Chaos Cup, we did play. Uh, Chance was coaching a team. Yeah, that's me, Chance. See? Yeah. So I'm going to have my three dot block on shirt. I'm going to have my head shaved. I'm ready to just <laughs> boom. I'm going to beat you. Boom goes the boom. Open stars and look up at the lights or whatever my saying is. That's what we're going to do. And my little friend over here is Drew. And Joe, Ooh. we're just going to we're gonna dominate you. So bring it on. Bring it on. Well, so I look forward sure to kicking to, your ass at the Chaos Cup. Then. Just make sure to write down Drew and Chance as people to beat. Oh, right. it's being written down right now. 
Okay. And Nate Ponce, who's our third member yes. of our three dot block team. You got that? Nate Ponce. I got it. All right. Well, thanks for being on here and hope to beat you. Thanks for uh, coming on today, Joe. Ass. We appreciate you. Good luck at put a ring on it. And I hope there's more than 10 coaches there. So it looks like you actually won some big tournament. Wow. Thank you uh, for having me. <laughs> I thought this interview was going to go a little differently, but. Hey, you, you messed what with the three dot on... block guys. Yeah. Boom yeah. goes the boom. Boom, boom, shake it. Three dot block guys. Yeah. All right, Joe. We appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. All right. Take care, man. Bye. I think he bought it. I think he did too. Sweet. He totally thinks we're Chance and Drew. He's going to have like book of grudges. They're going to be in there and they don't even know it. So that still probably doesn't equal Alan. The bad thing is, <laughs> is, oh yeah, we got Alan, dude. I know. Alan on our team. All right. Well, we're going to be right back with a, uh, our next segment. We're going to come back and talk about your team. All right. Let's do that. Hey, both down listeners. This is Bo Shinbreaker, offensive coordinator for the 40 Miners. You're listening to Steve and Scott. Up next, Tournament Talk. Okay, now we've got some Tournament Talk. And like I said before, we're going to do a special segment each month leading up to the Chaos Cup where we take a moment and look behind the scenes of building a team for the tournament. First up, we're going to talk to Scott. And what are you bringing? You're going to have to address me as my proper name. Asshole? Come on now, this is a kids-friendly show. Is it? Since when? <laughs> I'm too lazy to bleep stuff up. I know. You can refer to me as Scott Prime. Fine. Scott Prime. <laughs> what team shall you be bringing to thy ter- the Chaos Cup? Well, you stumble over your words over there. Yeah, I was going to go all proper English, but decided against it. This was very hard uh, because, uh, first, you know, it's a major, so you want to be semi-competitive. Oh, we do? Well, <laughs> I, I, I kind of do. I mean, I, yeah, I know. Same here. Well, the team you picked is not necessarily, you know. Yeah, we'll probably get into that. We'll get into that next, next month. month. Um, I wanted a team, though, that I would not hate for six games. Six games is a long time to play a team. Yeah. Um, both years of Chaos Cup, last year and going into even this year, I thought about playing Kimry. And every time somebody reminded me, like, Playing a Kimry team for a four-game tournament is one thing. Playing six games, you kind of get tired of two agility. And maybe they're right. And I'm not trying to like come at this as a power gaming standpoint. I'm trying to – what would no. I have fun with and kind of challenge myself with? Exactly. And um, it's not like you're taking you know a good team with built-in skills or anything. No, uh, I'm going straight out of the box. I don't think I'm taking a team with good built-in skills. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. But anyways, well, they're 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 not a bad team. Let's no. put it that way. I'm taking. I've chosen orcs. Um, but to be fair, I don't think he's played orcs at all in I our have, home league. I've never played orcs except back in second edition. Yeah. So even if it is a possibly more competitive team, it's un, it's new to you. Right, and I didn't realize how well people have done with orcs. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I, you know, I built this team, but I've contacted a lot of people with good tournament records with the team on just some advice because I had my one way of thinking on tournaments. And, you know, these segments, we're not going to go into, like, why we took X skill or why we took Y skill. We're going to go into why we just chose this team. And, you know, we're going to kind of tell you some of the, like, fluff that we've made up since choosing those teams. I mean, um, so I talked to a lot of uh, coaches that had 
lot of experience playing orcs and stuff and got advice and I, you know once again i'll talk about the blood bowl community being really awesome you know one guy gave me his exact roster he was taking the chaos cup you know yeah and um and so i took and you it. decided just to copy him straight off i did not copy him straight <laughs> off we we were close on our theories i mean it always does surprise me how in all honesty we don't think of ourselves as really great blood bowl players we think we're decent we think we know the game we like the random elements of stuff but when it comes down to making a tournament team we're still fairly close as what other people think and uh he he took a little different leaving that until next month (laughs) (laughs) well so my team breakdown was very similar to his he had some good points uh to his team you know you know, take one of these, don't take one of these. And, you know, I decided not to go, go that route. Um, I did go with him. One of the things with talking about with orcs was, is, uh, he had a theory on playing, uh, with an apothecary and only 11 guys in a tournament, in a tournament, which is, uh, not unheard of. Yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of 11 guys yet. I'm not confident in my skills because last year when I played in chaos cup with chaos dwarves, I took an extra hobgoblin on my team. Because I figured they'd get hurt. But no, I had dwarves always get hurt somewhere mm-hmm. down the line. Uh, not the hobgoblins. So I, I chose to take that extra player while the the coach I was talking to, um, he decided to take an extra or take the apothecary. And his game theory, I guess the game within the game, is the first time somebody gets KO'd, use your apothecary. Yeah. To keep that player on the pitch instead of taking a player off the pitch and being a man down. So I can't fault him. He did really good last year at the Chaos Cup. I don't know. Was he like the number two work coach? Uh, maybe in America or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I should tell his name. Well, I guess I could. I mean, I'll give a shout-out to Falcon. Uh, you know, I talked to him online through the Zlurpy Bowl forums and stuff like that. And really nice guy. And so I, I really appreciate his help and everything. And talking some Blood Bowl. It's really interesting to talk Blood Bowl stats. Um so I decided to take this team. Never played it. Wanted to play something different at tournaments. Uh, Johnny was pushing me over his Lord class to play the Blackwater Bulls again. Yeah. And in all rights, I wanted to because I like playing Cast Wars, and I miss playing them since I haven't played them in a league for a few seasons. And that team's painted, and it has all the skills <laughs> written on the bases. I, I mean, it's ready to go. Yeah. Because it's the exact same team you took last year, right? And it's I been would, sitting in the box since then, and I wouldn't have changed any skills. I mean, I really liked yeah. my team last year. But um, part of the problem is we don't get to play many tournaments. We don't live up north or anywhere where you know you can drive to twenty different tournaments a year. And I'm really we get two, yeah. And you are probably going to do the same thing I'm going to do. If we live long enough and go to enough tournaments, yeah. we will probably be one of those players that has you know a ranked team and. Through the NAF with every race. More than likely. Yeah. What are there, 32 teams now? I don't think there's that many. 28 teams? I think it's like 24 or 23 something. teams? I think it's 24. Whatever. I don't... I should know this. I'm a host of a podcast. I should know it too. But we don't. However many teams there are, that's exactly I'll how many tournaments it's going to take me to play them. Yeah, and that's how I look at it too. I mean... Because uh, that last tournament, I might have to play Halflings or something. But if it's a team I've never played in a tournament, I'm going to do it. Right. And so that's how I kind of looked at this. I wanted to play somebody different, even though I wanted to play the Blackwater Bulls so bad. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we've uh, the, when we were down at Bugman's Bowl, I played a guy, and I meant to research this, and now I rethought about this now, and I didn't research it. But um, the first guy I played down at Bugman's Bowl, and I'm sure it's on the NAF, uh, whoever that coach was, he had an orc team. 
And I loved how he painted that team. Yeah. He had um, some Black Orc uh, fantasy models that he cut the weapons off and converted them. And they had the scarred up armor. You know, they they were the kind of I say typical, but red and <laughs> red and green go great together for like orcs. You know, in Christmas, in Christmas, and other neat things. Anyways, he had those. He had his orcs all painted red. And he had the scarred up armor and stuff, and it just looked so sweet. I thought the guy deserved Was the armor red or the orcs? No, the armor was red. I'm okay. sorry. Just making sure I. On his. And like I said, the armor was all scarred up. I mean, I've seen several other pictures of orc teams where the armor's all beat up with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the paint chipped away, is what it looks like, but it's just fabulous paint jobs, is what it is. And I was kind of inspired me. I said, you know, if I ever played orcs, I'd really like to redo my crappy painted dwarf uh, orc team at home from that was the plastic miniatures right out of the box and tried to customize so i took this like a step further not only challenged myself playing orcs and something different uh try to customize some models yeah and try to kind of actually get a facsimile of this guy and i'm probably gonna probably try to do this every year for chaos cup is take a new team and buy that new team and force myself to paint that team because otherwise yeah painting doesn't really happen unless i have an excuse a real reason to do it yeah definitely that's a good way to go about it It forces us you know it gives us an excuse i guess to buy a team and to give us a reason to get them painted it helped that i won a lot of money at a casino so i could just outright buy the team yeah it does help so i got lucky on some Penny slots. Your mother's a slot. Ooh, slots are nice. Anyways. The correct response was, that's not a mother, that's a bee. Oh. I guess Your I don't Your and butthead lore has failed you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, dude. Fire, fire. Yeah, All too right. late. So, uh, since we... So, now I have, like, the models I want to do. I got to actually get to play with some green stuff to customize the models. I've uh, primed the models. I, you know, I have the team ready to go. It's like now I got to come up with a team name. And I what get, did you choose? You know, I <laughs> we've uh, teased and joked about us being the ginger badgers on here so much. I couldn't could not move away from the name Badger. Yeah. And since we run the Oklahoma tournament. Um, you know, and everybody calls us the Oklahoma boys, the Oklahoma boys. I've heard that reference many times. I had to go with the Oklahoma Badgers. And then uh, I think it was you that said, dude, you'd love putting, you know, online, you play the skeggy blue storm. Yeah. Put like the adjectives in front. Right. And you said, just go with it. Just go with the ginger badger thing. And I was like, it's going to sound weird and goofy and. And we've at been, one point, I've been saying Ginger Badger don't care for long enough. I know, and I, I even almost changed the name to like a you know how the orcs I guess battle cries that wah, wah yeah. or wah. I was even thinking about changing the name to like Wisconsin Badgers. That mm-hmm. way, it could be a play on the college team. But I I decided to stick to my roots, so it's the Oklahoma Ginger Badgers. Ginger Badger don't care. Ginger Badgers don't care. So so is that going to influence how you play? <laughs> well, I'm going to try to be chipper, and anytime <laughs> I get a bad dice roll, like for going for it or rolling that skull, I'm just going to lay my guy down and say, Ginger Badge don't care. <laughs> I should be the annoying guy that makes a comment every time. That could get really annoying really fast. I doubt I'll really stick to that because I don't like being that guy. I don't know. If they allow alcohol at the hotel, 
thought then I could be that guy. <laughs> Ginger Badger don't care. Hey, hey, does she like T-shirts? Hey. Are you saying I did that hey. at last year's Chaos Cup? I'm pretty sure I've brought it up more than once. I asked the girl if she likes T-shirts. Yes. Everybody likes a free T-shirt. <laughs> you, you just ask her. Ask her if she likes T-shirts. It's a fact. If you go around to like some party girls and you say, hey, I'm giving some free t-shirts away, skin to oh, win. really? What do I have to do? Exactly. Exactly. College has taught me that. Even plastic You worked beads. at a, What college did you work at again? No, not where I work. No, your last uh, one. St. Gregory's? Well, Is this what you did there? No. <laughs> I'm talking about when I went to college. Uh, okay. Cool. Ginger badge don't care. All right. So... I came up with my team, uh, customized the team, and then I had the, to turn in my roster early, so I had to come up with names for all my guys and stuff. And that's where the creative process of trying to take all these elements of what I knew was gonna, what I knew I was going to do, and kind of turn it into a story for fluff. Yeah. And we talked about the Alcorn tournament last um, segment. Two segments ago. Well, in this yeah. podcast, yes. And I thought about really bringing in, trying to play an orc team in our league as well. Because I'm going to have the team paint freshly painted. Yeah. You know, we're going to start a league about the same time we'd go to Chaos Cup. So, you know, I need some fluff anyways for our league. So I need some, you know, if I if I tell everybody, if you go to tournaments, don't name your team, you know, roll you over or we are green or whatever. <laughs> Player so number one. I got to practice what I preach, right? Exactly. So, um I don't know if anybody's going to enjoy this or not, but I kind of wrote up some fluff for my team. Trust or me, some I, saw, I saw him print this off, and I was like, I am not going into anywhere near that much detail. <laughs> you my better. segment will be much shorter next month. No, dude, you got to have fun. Uh, my first player is going to be named Bob because I like Bob. All right, well, so I went into creating this team, and since we always joke about being the Ginger Badgers, me and Steve, since we have red hair, and uh, we're taking Alan with us. I named some players after us. I actually found somewhere I found a uh, name generator that you could put in somebody's name. And, of course, it spit out your orc equivalent or whatever. Sure. So uh, just for the record, you are a black orc blocker by the name of <laughs> Perg. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Perk. P-U-U-R-K. I-Raper. I thought I-Raper fit, fit you very well. Okay. And then Alan was named uh, Vrong, V-R-O-N-G, Plague is the name I came up with him. Nice. And so I, I put in the the nickname, The Black, since he's Vrong, The ah, da black, black Plague. Nice. To give him a nickname. So anyways, you guys are fellow Black Hort blockers, and I was going to make myself a Black Hort blocker as well. But I, I changed that, actually. In my mind, player number one was always the team captain. So I had to change that. Oh, okay. So, so Vorbag Beast Lover is m- myself from this name generator. So you you didn't just get the bad name either. Being wow. Eye Raper, I got. Vorbag. I would rather be Eye Raper than Beast Lover. I dude, I wanted to change your name just because to Beast Lover and me to be Eye Raper, but I just couldn't do it. You got to go with what the well, generator you. gives you. Um, so in my fluff, Vorbag uh, Beast Lover is. Is uh, like the high chieftain or hunter of the uh, small band of orcs, not the band of orcs, but a small band of orcs <laughs> uh, who start to get 
notice, you know, people start, um, they notice that they are wearing uh, these pelts, these reddish orange pelts that were from what I'm calling the fire badgers in our old world fluff league here. So they wear these fire badger pelts and thus uh, start to, you know, get the name ginger badgers or, you know. Orange badgers sense. or whatever. But it's also with their uh, willingness to do anything. They fear nothing. They're reckless. So, yeah. goes back to the ginger badger don't care, the honey badger don't care theme. Okay. All right. So, uh, after many small battles with humans, elves, and dwarves, the clan has begun to be called the ginger badgers. We already covered that. Um, Vorbag and his followers were also fans of Blood Bowl. Who, who wouldn't be, right? Blood Bowl's in the old world. It's everywhere. Everybody loves it. And uh, he was a big fan of the uh, old teams. Going back to second edition, I always kind of tie somehow everything I do into second edition roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fluff was made up for some reason. So, uh, you know, they're followers of the Gouged Eye, the Orkland Raiders. Um, I also wanted to, on my t- actual roster team for Cast Cup, I wanted to have a real tie-in to second edition somehow. And I... Back in those second edition books, there's like the Gouge Die rosters and stuff. And I thought there was a rookie player on the team. And I thought if he was a rookie back in 24, you know, 89, <laughs> then he'd be an old man now. Yeah. You know, in human terms. But maybe he's still playing. You know, Ric Flair used to wrestle him, you know, 1989. And he still does. So I'm thinking, I can find me an old rookie off that Gouge Die team and use him for my team. Mm hmm. As a, um, oh, I'll explain here in a second. But so uh, he's a uh, follower of, you know, like I said, the Gouge Die and uh, Orkland Raiders. And his favorite player happens to be Igor Blazetown. Well, Igor Blazetown is one of those players from the old Gouge Die roster from the Star Player Campaign Book or the Star Player Handbook from second edition. Okay. He was not a rookie. He was the least experienced though on the team. And he was just considered an experienced player at the time. So that's why I chose Igor blaze town. So, uh, that's his favorite player. And you'll see how that inspires him later on. Uh, 2508 beast lover and fellow clan members attend the Dragonfire cup finals in which the Orkland Raiders were defeated by the dwarf giants. One, nothing. So I also tied in our league fluff. Right. That was our first season. That was our actual first season in our league. And, you know, me and fellow friend Gary, who played second edition, we took teams that were already pre-named. So I thought I'd tie that back into our fluff. Uh, 2509, Vorbag's upset with the decision to move the Orkland Raiders mid-season to the Orca uh, Orca Goba Cities to become the Bad Sons. Uh, Causes him uh, to look into starting his own Blood Bowl team. Again... This matters to nobody else in the world, but this shows you what we do in our leagues. Um, our friend Gary could no longer play in the league. He had the Orkland Raiders. This was season number two in our league. And uh, we had a guy that was waiting to start playing in season three, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and Spence. And he was ready to start whenever. So when Gary had to drop out of the league, Spence said, I'll take over his Orc team, but I'd like to change the city. And the the mascot. So we came up with the fluff of he moved the team to Orcagoba Cities, which is a play on Oklahoma City. And uh, he called them the Bad Sons. So I worked that into the fluff, too. And at the time, he cut, like, three players and act like he fired the coach because we name our coaches in the league mm-hmm. and everything. So And, again, I'm not going to do nearly this oh, much Oh, you should. Oh, hell no. 
2510, Vorbeck Beast Lover becomes the player, owner, coach of the Orkland Blazers. An ode to Igor Blazetown from the, and the combination of Igor Blazetown, the Blackboard Blocker, and the Orkland Raiders. Uh, close buddies, Perk Raper, which is Steve, and Vrong Plague, the Black Plague, Alan, join the team. Thus, it kind of goes with our theme going to Chaos Cup. Like how I worked all this in. It matters to me. I'm sure glad. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there listening is going We're to We're only halfway this. done, people. Oh, come on. I'll, I'll get through this a little quicker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the first order of business was to hire some skilled line orcs, uh, Grishin Ball Killer, and Magtek um, Nail Eater, whom the Raiders fired before moving to Orcagoba City. Again, Jesus. I took characters in our league that got cut, and I put them on my roster for Chaos Cup. Isn't that neat? And then over the next couple of years, this team was uh, met with little success on and off the field. The attendance was awful, which led to many gimmicks to get people in the door. You know, half price for bringing a halfling to the game, free snotlings on a stick. You know, stuff like you see at minor league ballparks for baseball. Uh, word got out that, you know, basically it's a, it's a team of clowns, basically, or bad players, bad news bears type thing. Uh and some people start spreading the rumor that this can't be the same orcs that used to be known as the Ginger Badger Clan. So do you have a Serrano on your team? No. <laughs> he talks to his bat? Yes. No, I don't do that. Um, when I first came up with the concept of thinking of the fluff for this team and putting ourselves on this team in the form of an orc, yeah. I really thought of the movie Bull Durham, which is an old baseball movie with Kevin Costner where, you know, He's a veteran player trying to make it into the big leagues again, yeah. but, but his team's more minor league with you know them talking about where they're going to eat on the mound instead of how to pitch around a guy or something. So I thought of this team being kind of that kind of misfit type team with a player, coach, you know, owner yeah. on the team. So you know, my coach for the fluff of this is also my blitzer. So at some point, the the owner dies and Shannon Tweed comes in. To take mm-hmm. ownership. Uh, excuse me, Stelter Burke first. Right. And then she sells it to Shannon Tweed, right? Uh, exactly. Okay. I'm yeah. just going to keep working in old references to movies uh-huh. and see if people get them. Okay. Well, you keep doing that. And I'll keep spouting off this fluff I made it for a team that okay. uh, is going to show up at Chaos Cup. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, that's that was kind of some of the inspiration for my thought process on this team. So that Makes sense. Now, now we're a bad minor league football team or Blood Bowl team. Uh, so the, the year's 2511, near the end of the career of Igor Blazetown, uh, he's released from the gouge die. So in my history and fluff of the game, Blazetown's still hanging on. And, uh, you know, he wanted to stick around and go out on his own, you know, on his own terms. Instead, he got cut and he looks forward to a life, uh, unfortunately, off the pitch. And, and since, uh, Vorbag Beast Lover was a, such a fan of Igor Blazetown, he didn't like to see his idol go out this way. So in uh, 2512, which is, you know, this year, our 2012, uh, near broken looking to change the image of the team, Vorbag Beast Lover rebrands the team Oklahoma Ginger Badgers and signs Igor Blazetown to the team. He convinces the veteran star that he deserves uh, an old, war- old world tour for all his years of Blood Bowl. So this idea also came from another baseball movie, which was The Babe. You know, yeah. those last few years of the babe just being a, a side attraction instead of being this great baseball player. 
So that's kind of where I got this. And with the name Blazetown, I can now use the term of, you know, going out in a blaze, the Igor Blazetown Old World Tour. Gotcha. This also gives me an excuse to take this team to Chaos Cup since we're traveling the Old World. And they can come back and play in the Alcorn Cup. See how I worked all this in? Our league history and fluff, mm-hmm. the second edition fluff, the world fluff. It all goes in there. And this is easy, man. You get, or, or paid, too much. You get paid for doing this at work, don't you? I did do this at work, and I only answered two emails today because that's all I had. It's, wow. It wasn't a very busy day after the 4th of July. Nice. Uh, and then goes on to uh, Vorbeg Beast Lover. This is additional just crap fluff. Uh, Beast Lover sells the old uh, yellow, blue, and brown uniforms to of the Blazers to some upstart goblin team, which hopefully one day if I run a goblin team, I'll add that to the fluff. And the Oklahoma Badgers get sleeker. Black and orange uniforms. The black orcs get fitted with armor. So I, you know, showing the different models. Yeah. And then the team sets out to play in the Alcorn Cup before going on to face the world at the Chaos Cup. Going out in a blaze, the Igor Blazetown World Tour. So Most you, impressive, sir. Most so impressive. So what do you think? That is a lot of fluff. So I, <laughs> I took elements of what I wanted to challenge myself with the paints and miniatures, and I've never played before, but I wanted a team that's kind of competitive. I will attempt to do something similar. It's not going to be anywhere close. And then I wrote some fluff around it. I have other names for my players. Uh, I have four blitzers. I will tell you this. I have four blitzers. Yeah. I have four black orcs. I have uh, three linemen, and I have one thrower. Okay. So I, I have that going for me. I, I have 12 players. I don't have an apothecary. And uh, I'm not going to tell you anything else strategy-wise. Not that it matters. I'm sure if anybody plays tournaments, they know what orcs and black orcs and blitzers and linemen and all that take. But uh, yeah. this is kind of a breakdown, and we don't want to tip off too much because we don't want the three-dot-block guys to like play the meta game and go, okay, well, if orcs are rock, we need our paper, which is like um, which are humans or something. I don't know. Really? I don't know. Okay. I'll say I assume that they have already signed up. No, no, no. I don't know. They're listening and they're scouting us out. That's uh, why I'm being so paranoid. Oh, okay. I'm not giving away my skills and stuff yet. I'll probably give away mine next month. That's fine. I don't have anything else to do. I understand. Because I'm not going to do this much. I even made like a little gingerbread logo thing that looks like it's painted. Well, yeah, you better make logos. But So, yeah. So, what do you think? Sounds really good. You didn't it's hear a- all this backstory before, so no. this is kind of new to you, too. Yeah, it's a lot, so. of, it's a lot of fluff. Well, I figured if we are going to preach fluff or flavor and yeah. history of leagues, then I should be one of the first guys to kind of do my best to write some stuff. And honestly, I know I have about, what, 12, 13 points here because I just did point by point. Yeah. I expected only to have like four. <laughs> and then I just had the time today at work. Yeah. Slow day helps a lot. I knew a few points I wanted to hit on with Igor Blazetown and everything. And so anyways – Cool. That's the Oklahoma Ginger Badgers. Okay, well, that will wrap this up, and then next month we'll We're going to do you, right? We'll do my team. Yes. I mean, do your team. I'm sorry. I don't know what we're talking now. Uh-huh. But yes, next month, Deswarski Kodiaks. Ooh, I wonder what they could be. We'll find I'm, out I'm month. very interested. You shouldn't be. Oh, okay. You already know. Kind of. Okay. But yeah, we'll do that next month, and then coming up next, shout-outs. Shout-outs! Shout-outs! 
The Tomb Kings have invited you to play for their amusement. So mark your calendars, because on September 8th in Carbondale, Illinois, the first Camry Cup will be held. The Camry Cup will be a league-style Blood Bowl tournament. That's right, you will be earning winnings, buying players, receiving inducements, and saying so long to all those dead players. But that isn't what makes the Camry Cup so unique. There are some special rules, and to find these, you need to go to the Camry Cup threads on the forums at TalkFantasyFootball.org, Fumble.com, or ZlurpCast.com. Or search for the Camry Cup events page on Facebook. The Kimry Cup is being brought to you by Castle Perilous as part of their Little Egypt Wars, a one-day gaming convention in Carbondale, Illinois. So if you have friends or family that like games but just aren't that interested in Blood Bowl, bring them anyways. There'll be plenty of other games for them to enjoy. When only the best can do, say Kimry, Kimry Cup. This is Bobby Big Nuts. Star player and blocker for the 40 Miners. You're listening to Steve and Scott of Both Down Fame. Up next is Shoutouts. Alright, welcome back for Shoutouts. Yep, shoutout time. So what do we got first? Well, first off, I would like to uh, be selfish and give a shoutout to uh, Arthur Inkpin, who uh, follows us on Twitter. And he's really active. You know, we have conversations with him all the time. Uh, and he we, sent in stuff for the show one time. Yeah, he actually sent in a, a little bumper for the show. And uh, we traded some Blood Bowl miniatures, so I'm very happy about that. He needed some uh, players, and he had some players I've wanted. So I'm not going to disclose cool. exactly what we traded. But I want to thank him yeah, for that. because they can't go to Twitter and find out. Well, good. They're going to have to go and research <laughs> it. Anyways, so... Uh, Shout out to Arthur Inkpin, and then I'd also like to uh, give a shout out to uh, Beach over there on Twitter, John yep. Homer, and he spells Beach with a four in the middle, I think. Anyways, we've we've gave a shout out to him too. He's uh, he responded back to a lot of our uh, pictures that we sent out for our uh, NIT final and our Dragonfire Blood Bowl final, um, and he's also guaranteed us that he's going to uh, send us results from the next tournament he goes to just for me and steve some pictures and stuff yeah, yeah so uh should be cool yeah well everybody should be on board if you're going to a tournament and you have twitter and you, you know even if it's at the end of the day tweet out results man i mean we like find out who you're playing and how you're doing and stuff i want to give a special shout out to everybody who gave us reviews on itunes oh yeah thank so you we're done with that much. um moving on to the next one but you could give us more more reviews on iTunes. I was making the joke that nobody had done it. Oh. Since our last time. So we want to encourage you. Yeah. Please, if you love the show. If you've done it recently and I didn't see it, then it's my bad. But If you love the show, please send us a little review. Give us one to five stars, whatever you think we deserve. And uh, give us say something nice about the show, maybe. And we'll mention you on podcast. That's right. You can be a immortalized forever and uh, before we went to recording today we put a request to see if anyone had any specific questions magnus lyberg asked why does morgenthorg not play for the undead well steve you want me to answer this yeah um it's in i believe like the living room book five or something like a did you know or something like that and uh him and uh ram tut were uh Hired as freebooters for the Champions of Death, and um, 
the, the coach Tom O'Landry. Tom O'Landry, the undying. He uh, thought that, hey, having Morton on my team would be really awesome. He's a good player. So uh, I think it says in the fluff that they're playing the Asgard Ravens in the in the story. And uh, so he kind of paid those guys off to make extra blocks and try to hurt Mork, even though he's on the Champions of Death. And he and even had... He paid off Ram Tut. Right, he had Ram Tut attack him. They were trying to kill Mork so he could raise him because he thought he had the power. He was power. powerful enough to raise an ogre to the dead, from the right. dead. Because, you know, as everybody knows, you can't raise a guy with five strength. Right. But he thought he could. And he probably should be able to. More than likely, yeah. Yeah, he's the Champions of Death coach. That'd be a good team to bring back into our league. Not really. Have second edition ties. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you suck. But that's the reason why he doesn't play, because he just hates Ram Tut. Yeah. So he's not going to play on any team that could have Ram Tut. Well, he's, I think he's scared he's gonna, they're going to try to kill him and raise him for their own. Don't blame him. They probably will. Yeah, that poor guy. Also, along the same lines, was there anything fluff-wise that you were wanting to know? Oh, yeah. So I know you did put out a shout-out or a request recently so, for some information. I'm doing some behind-the-scenes stuff for our podcast and really our own uses of fluff. So I start like researching like who won Blood Bowls and stuff like that because I like looking at the little history stuff, even the, the stuff where, you know, recent teams are added to the fluff. You know, the real winners of the Chaos Cup are added to the the fluff winners of gas yeah. cup and stuff for the years. So I start asking people like, and I was like 99.9% sure the Durham's destroyers were a dwarf team. Cause they're mentioned in several books and there's miniatures of them in like some of the second edition books. But I think the spelling was just a little bit different. So I wanted to make sure that they were still a dwarf team right? Uh, for like one of the bowls. And then I also wanted to know if the, I think it was called the warp fire warriors. Yeah, there was a Warpstone Warriors and a Warp Fire Warriors. Okay. And one of them I knew was a Skaven team, and one of them was in the fluff of one of the cups as winning it. And I wanted to make sure maybe that was not a typo or if that was still a Skaven team or somebody just wrote maybe the wrong verbiage down. And then I thought there was some other question I had. Anyways, I asked this to all the forums, which if you don't know where they're at and somehow you found our podcast, you know, the Talk Fantasy uh, Football Forum, the Slurpee Bowl Forum, and uh, the NAF Forum. And Fumble. And, I didn't ask him Fumble. But that's well, a good... There. But it's there. I should have, actually. Maybe somebody would have answered. Um, you guys suck. And I'm referring to everybody that's on the NAF. Because nobody answered. Yeah. Well, nobody Out of know. all the websites, to go get a stupid fluff question... That I, I realize is meaningless in the real world, or even to the rules of the game, but it meant a lot. Or even to your co-host. <laughs> but it, it's still real to me, damn it. And I, I wanted to know this. I expected to get an answer from the you NAF. You did get an answer at I did Talk Fantasy Football. Talk Fantasy Football, I want to tell those people, which I know are probably the same people that just don't log into the <laughs> NAF as often, Yeah. thank you, because I got some answers, even some ridiculous ones, is like, you know, Call Jervis up and ask him. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Johnny P. If I had his number, I would. Which, if anyone has his number, feel free to provide it to us. Yeah, we want to know Jervis's number. I tried to email him. He came back. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't want to talk to you? I don't think he has an active email. <laughs> not for you. Probably not. Everybody has an active email. Okay. Well, Just it's about. not through the Games Workshop. I got you. 
Anyways, I, I was disappointed with some of the responses I got, and then I was very happy with Talk Fantasy Football. And the Slurpee Ball forums didn't give me anything either. Yeah. So, uh, you suck in AF, you suck Slurpee Ball people, and thank you, fantasy, Talk Fantasy Football people. Let's see, I think we should probably also give a special shout-out to Brian Mitchell, Extreme. Okay. For uh, coming on the podcast. He didn't come on the podcast. For uh, arranging an interview with... With Golden Toad Joe. Golden Toad Joe. Right, from the 40 Miners. Yeah, we'd like to thank Brian Mitchell for arranging that. Yes. Um, You know, you know him as Extreme over on Slurpcast. We'll probably have him on in a future episode just to give you a little background on him himself rather than just, you know, some guy on some team. What? What? That was Golden Toad Joe. Okay. Respect the flavor and the fluff. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, didn't we also want to give a shout out to uh, Mike, Mike Muller? Uh huh. For sending us some cool dice. Yes. We'll give a shout out to anybody if they send us stuff. Oh yeah. If it's good stuff, I mean, don't it, like you know, bag up your feces or anything. You know what I'm looking forward to? Bacon crackers. Bacon crackers, dude. Oh yeah, Tristan's gonna get an email from me. Hey Tristan, uh, when you come down for Chaos Cup, can you bring like forty <laughs> boxes of bacon, bacon dippers? <laughs> He'll probably do it for you. He uh, loves you. I will pay him back. I mean, I love those things. I think he gets mad at me because I put him when I like do my Twitter shoutouts. Yeah, I put him on the list of like check sexy out these ladies. hot sexy ladies, and I put him on there on purpose because I do a sexy lady. Once. He's surrounded by sexy ladies. Why would he be upset? I don't know. I don't think he really hates me. Probably not. But anyways. Uh, I don't think I have any further shout-outs. I'd like to say, like, I'd like to shout-out so-and-so and and this person for playing, like, some cool games on Fumble or something like that. But every league I'm in, nobody's playing their games. Let's see. So my Fumble leagues right now suck. I heard back from our contest winner from last month. He said he's enjoying Dungeon Bowl. Awesome. I have yet to play enough games of Dungeon Bowl to let people know what I think of it. And my computer's too slow to run it. So. Right. And I've been too busy to have Scott over here to play it. So we suck when it comes to that. Oh, I plan on playing it. Yeah. I wanted to actually come over 4th of July night, but instead I had to deal stuff with family. Uh, like family. watch firecrackers. Firecrackers? Fireworks, firecrackers. <laughs> Just like two firecrackers. That's that's all we could afford. <laughs> Speaking of fireworks, really quick, this is only going to be for the people you know that celebrate Independence Day here in in America, at least. You remember buying fireworks? Yeah. Remember the tanks? Oh, I love the tanks. Okay. Yeah. Remember the chickens that would like shoot out flaming no. poop eggs or whatever, no. and they'd like holler. They yep. suck now. There's like chickens that are like kind of like a tank that would shoot a few things. But they shoot things out their butt, okay. like they're laying eggs. They really, really suck. Huh. I bought these eggs, and I thought I'd get them for my, my daughters, you know, for five and two. Of course, they're not going to shoot them off. I lit them. But for them to watch, they really sucked. And I, two of the tanks we lit, they didn't even move. They're supposed to roll a little bit. That sucks. You remember the little things that are called snakes? The yeah. little, like, round black things that mm-hmm. you light, you light them, them and they expand? Yeah, they were expanding, but they weren't staying together. It was like go an inch and then yeah. break apart, an inch and break apart. So it was. Yeah, I realize this isn't Blood Bowl, but since we're talking fireworks, did I ever tell you the story about the last time we did fireworks? No, you did not. 
my family used to buy fireworks, and where I live, they're not really legal, so we would set them off, and we'd always have someone on the watch with a fire hose or whatever. Well, one year, we bought the regular tanks and sparklers and whatever else. Dad decided, oh, these look cool, and like two pinwheel things. Okay. They just look like a giant lollipop. You know, that's the best way to describe them. Well, we take one, we put it in the back of the backyard, in the middle of the yard, and we light it, and we wait, and we wait, <laughs> and we wait, and it's like, okay, this is kind of lame, and it just goes, goes so it's like, okay, it's doing something, it starts spinning around slowly, and it's like, okay, now we're going, now we're doing something, and faster, and faster, mm-hmm. and it's going, Okay, now we're talking, and it starts shooting out, you know, lights like, hey, yeah, and it kept getting louder and louder, and shit was just flying off everywhere and going forty feet in the sky and on the ground. Are you being serious? Oh, we were freaking the hell out. Okay, it was going super loud. Shit was going up twice as high so as the house. So you were going to get busted by the cops. Oh, we Dad was freaking out. We're like, what do we do? We didn't want to get near it. It was shooting out flames from every direction. It was the greatest thing ever, but it just had this, like, it sounded like a siren. <sighs> and th- ev- everywhere. We thought it was just going to just explode. So finally, it peters out, and we go douse it with water. Quickly take the other one, put it in the trash can, douse it with water, and go inside for the rest of the night. <laughs> and that was Dad was like, "Okay, that's the last time we do that." <laughs> Never had fireworks again. Well, that's a pretty cool story. It was amazing. I spent eight bucks on fireworks. Nice. That's it. Big spender. Well, hey, <laughs> I didn't want to get too much. I I feel like they're pretty much a waste. It's it, like setting money on fire. And yet, we'll spend how much money on food? Well, that tastes good. <laughs> we did get to shoot off some of those little parachute guys. Oh, those are cool. But they're no longer little. I swear, my memory of... God, this is so off-tangent of Blood Bowl. But I swear when those little parachute guys that you shoot off in the yeah. air, there was like a little plastic guy. Yeah. Now it's a little cork. What? It's a cork. It's a little parachute. And after my daughter tracked one down, you know, she thought she was going to get a little guy on the end. And it was a cork. Aha! At least it wasn't quirky. It'd have been better if it was quirky. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Yes. So, should we end on something Blood Bowl related? Um, Do you have anything Blood Bowl related? Well, um, <laughs> I haven't played Fumble or nothing because all like I said all my leagues suck. But I guess we'll just end it's on not the fact that, they that suck. we're both champions. We are both champions, and. Um, Ginger badges don't care. Ginger badges don't care, and just stick around after this in in little theme song here, because we have a special little uh, insight. What are you doing to the ginger badger? You don't blow the surprise at the end. Oh, you don't. We've never. I want mentioned them to stick any... around. Fine. Well, then they might have to go back to the other episodes, like listen to the stuff at the end of those. Oh, those were like Easter eggs. Yes, yeah, why we never mentioned them. I just broke the fourth wall again. Something like that. Oh, I'm sorry. But anyways, just uh, stick around and thank you for making episode eight a success.
We appreciate. We don't know if it actually is a success yet. Oh, that's true. Well, thank you for listening to episode eight and uh, the fireworks show. Yes. <laughs> actually, have a good time. Uh, good month. Good time. Whatever. We'll see you on Twitter. Yes. Uh, once again, I'm Kilowog2814. I'm also at both down. And I am at Fat Finley. What was what was uh, Golden Toe Joe's? At Da40Miners? I believe so. And Da40Miners.com. That's right. Check those guys out. Actually, that's a great site. I know we didn't go into detail with the interview, but yeah, uh, that, he's put a lot of work into that site. So go check that website out. I'll also have it linked. And don't on pay any show. attention to Hoshikomi, Morgan Thorg, Big Bertha, or Bertha Big Fist. Yeah, Crumnard Dunn. Yeah, don't pay any, any attention guys. to those guys. On Twitter? Yeah. 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 They're, okay. they're useless. Have a good day. Both Down is a production of Couch Pirate Radio. Please drop by CouchPirates.com to hear more of their podcasts. This is the Ginger Badger. Watch it run in slow motion. It's pretty badass. Look, it runs all over the place. Whoa, watch out, says that dwarf. Ew, it's got a snotling. Oh, and it's chasing a halfling. Oh my gosh. Oh, the Ginger Badgers are just crazy. The Ginger Badger's been referred to by the Gnome Book of Old World Records as the most fearless orc clan in all the kingdom. It really doesn't give a shit. If it's hungry, it's hungry. Ew, what is that in its mouth? Oh, it's a goblin? Oh, and it runs backwards? Now watch this. Look, a war dancer's up in the tree. Ginger Badger don't care. Ginger Badger don't give a shit. It just takes what it wants. Whenever it's hungry, it just, ew, and it eats skinks. Oh my god, watch it eat. Look at that eating. The Ginger Badger's really pretty badass. They have no regard for any other life forms whatsoever. Look at him just grunting and ew, eating slan. Ew, what's that? A beast man? Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. Oh, look, it's chasing things and eating them. The Ginger Badgers have a fairly long body, but a distinctly thick set, broad shoulders, and you know, their, their skin is green and thick, allowing them to hunt about freely and attack anything. Now look, here's a cave full of Skaven. You think the Ginger Badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. It goes right into the cave of Skaven to get some Skaven brains. How disgusting is that? It eats Skaven brains. Ew, it's so nasty. But look, the Ginger Badger doesn't care. It's getting bit like a thousand times. It doesn't give a shit. It's, it's just hungry. It doesn't care about getting bit by Skaven. Nothing can stop the Ginger Badger when it's hungry. Oh, what a crazy fuck. Look. Ew, it's eating Skaven brains. That's disgusting. There it is, running in slow motion again, see? Now what's interesting is that other, other races like these zombies here, they just like to wait around until Ginger Badger's done eating, and then it lumbers in to pick up the scraps. It says, you do all the work for us, Ginger Badger, and we'll just eat whatever you find. How's that? What do you say, stupid? Look at this zombie. Thanks for the treat, stupid. Hey, come back here, says the Ginger Badger. Zombies don't care. And you know what? The werewolves do it too. Look at these little dogs. They're like, thanks, stupid. Thanks for the skaven. See you later. The ginger badger does all the work while these other races just pick up the scraps. At nighttime, the ginger badger goes hunting because it's hungry. Look, here comes a fierce battle between the beast of Nurgle and a ginger badger. I wonder what will happen. Look at this. There's the ginger badger just eating a snotling, and then look. Get away from me, says the beast of Nurgle. Get away from me. The ginger badger don't care. The ginger badger smacks the shit out of it, and the beast of Nurgle comes back and lashes right at the ginger badger. 
Oh, and little does the ginger badger know, FYI, it's been bitten, it's been infected with Nurgle's rot by the beast. So while it's eating the beast of Nurgle, ew, that's disgusting. Uh, meanwhile, the infectious disease is sleeping through the ginger badger's body and it passes out. Look at that sleepy fuck. Now the ginger badger's just gonna pass out for a few minutes, and then it's gonna get right back up and start eating all over again, cause it's a hungry little bastard. Look at this, like nothing happened. Ginger Badger gets right back up and continues eating the Beast of Nurgle. How disgusting. And of course, what does the Ginger Badger have to eat for the next two weeks? Beast of Nurgle, the Ginger Badger. <laughs>